Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to New Books in Jewish Studies. I'm Bernice Halbern, your host, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jeremy Dauber about his new book, The Worlds of Shalom Aleichem, The Remarkable Life and Afterlife of the Man Who Created Tevye. Just published by Next Book, Shock and Press, this book represents what I think is a breakthrough in the literature about this great writer. Reading this book, a great pleasure, so beautifully written, the words flow perfectly, delightfully, as if Sholem Aleichem is personally telling you the story of his life, sharing his tales with you. You won't want the book to end. Like a good story, and also like good theater, this book is constructed and reads. Professor Dauber fashions the book with an overture. Sholem Aleichem's life unrolls before us, as in fact it was, a life filled with drama. So from riches to rags and back again, from Russia to America, Sholem Aleichem's life always bore the possibility of another turn, its author ever optimistic. The book ends with an epilogue in 10 scenes that take you through the worldwide reinvention of Sholem Aleichem, in part a product of his most famous creation, Tevye. But more about that later. For our listeners in Houston... Let me point out to you that Jeremy Dauber will be speaking about the worlds of Shalom Aleichem at the Evelyn Rubenstein Jewish Community Center in Houston on Sunday afternoon, November 17th at 4 p.m. I encourage you to attend. Now let me welcome Professor Jeremy Dauber to New Books in Jewish Studies. Thank you. It's a real real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. So if you could please share with our listeners, Jeremy, your background and how you came to write The Worlds of Shalom Aleichem. Uh, I'd be delighted. My, uh, my background, uh, you know, is as professionally as a Yiddish uh, studies professor, a professor of Jewish literature uh, and Yiddish literature at Columbia. Uh, and I had grown up in a traditional Jewish background in, in New Jersey, but uh, I did not know that much about Yiddish literature uh, until I took a, uh, an opportunity to be a summer intern at the National Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. And that was really the first place uh, that I got to read uh, modern Yiddish literature in any real way, uh, in translation at that point, obviously. Uh, and then I was very lucky because the year after that, my uh, my teacher, Ruth Weiss, came to Harvard where I was in college, and uh, I was able to take a whole bunch of classes with her and really see uh, some of the contours of this magnificent literature. Uh, and that was uh, the first time that in any real way I had come into grips, I had come into contact, excuse me, with Shalom Aleichem, with this magnificent storyteller and writer. Uh, and, you know, I, I was surprised to find um, that because of where Yiddish studies had been in the academy and for other reasons, you know, there really had not been a biography uh, of this major writer. And I just sort of filed that away, you know, for years to come. And then, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to get a job and have a career in, in this field. And, uh, you know, when this opportunity came along, it was just a, you know, it was, it was a, a real wonderful chance to do it. 
Interesting. That is, that is really amazing that nobody has written, um, or not recently in any event, a biography of this great figure. So l- let me uh, turn to Shalom Aleichem then. You describe him as the creator of Tevya, Star of Fiddler on the Roof, a hit musical theater from Japan to India to America and everywhere in between, a recorder of our great-grandfather's lives. But the author of Tevya was no Tevya, but Shalom Rabinovich, who you call a first-class intellect and brilliant writer who translated the momentous events of his day for an audience looking for nuance wrapped in simplicity. That, that's quite a description. Could you explain that, please? Sure. Uh, I, you know, one of the things that, uh, to the extent that people think about Shalom Aleichem, when you say, you know, oh, he's the writer of the Chevy story, that became Fiddler on the Roof, you know, I think that there has been um, a, a propensity to confuse him with kind of his creation and to say, oh, well, he must have been a kind of simple folk Jew and, you know, he, you know, he loved these people and he wrote about them. He was probably a lot like them, you know, from a very traditional, simple background. Well, he did come from a traditional background, but he really was not a, a you know, a simple sort of, uh, you know, unsophisticated as some of even his earliest critics sometimes might have thought that he was a little bit. Um, he really was a sophisticated literary artist uh, who at the same time was able to appeal to this wide, wide range uh, of, of Jews uh, from all different walks of life, in part because he spoke to so many different concerns and so many different sub-communities. Uh, and I was really interested in trying to both unpack that myth and, and, and get through, uh, you know, examination of the stories and of his life, get to exactly how he might have been able to do that, uh, how he was able to be one of these figures who united uh, a Jewish community that was um, extremely uh, compartmentalized and factionalized and fractious, particularly at this momentous transitional period in Jewish modern history. Very interesting. Um, your, your book is written in the rhythm of the language of Shalom Aleichem, it seemed to me. Perhaps playfully assuming the structure of a drama with an overture, five acts, and an epilogue in ten scenes. You take on the voice of the theater impresario, talking to your audience, but at the same time, it's Shalom Aleichem's voice as narrator in his stories. How did you resolve on this delightful structure? Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I, I this really was um, part of a series, and I'm really grateful to the next book and the Jewish Encounters series, for taking a, you know a, a chance on on me, um, and you know these these books originally through this next book and shock in partnership were designed as kind of encounters with an author with an with an idea. So there was this kind of uh, already opportunity to be a little bit more uh, untraditional, let's say, in the particular kind of format. Um, and then you know I I started thinking about this person whose life really was a performance in certain kinds of ways. I mean, he became known by a pseudonym that became so, uh, you know, omnipresent that in some sense it even took over his own personal life. I said, maybe it was right to use the structure of performance to start talking about it. And that, that seemed to be a nice way of, uh, how would I put it, uh, framing the book in a certain way where the introduction became kind of an overture and then there were these scenic afterlives and things like that. And and it, it really, you know, began to, as time went on, fortuitously fall into place that, you know, his life really could be divided into these five kind of act structures. And uh, this was a kind of theatrical move that I think uh, the author himself would have enjoyed as well. Well, I, I found it brilliant. And I think it 
and and closes your reader um, even more in his life. It just um, wraps us up in in what we're reading about. Let, let's talk for a moment about the process of writing this biography. Um, you indicate in the book that Shalom Aleichem left 28 volumes of his writings. How did you handle the preparation of a biography with so much material? You know, and I, I will say that uh, first, you know, it, it, it's even in that sense sort of a more voluminous challenge because not all of his material, you know, was published in those volumes. And that doesn't count, you know, his letters, um, which became a major source for me of sort of trying to get behind the scenes, so to speak, of the work. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was a tremendous, although there hadn't been this kind of, you know, literary biography in this way, there certainly was a tremendous amount of critical material as well. Uh, and so it was a lot of material to kind of go through. Uh, I think, you know, there were all sorts of different strategies I used, but one of them that I thought was very uh, helpful to me was to try and simply live his life forward, uh, you know, was to read sort of the 